At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I speak with Jody Ann Crane, a newborn and family photographer who takes stunning images. We talk about her beginnings as a photographer, what it's like being a newborn photographer and the requirements for the genre, how she uses studio and natural light, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Jody. Welcome to Great Big Photography World Podcast. So happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm super honored. I'm Jody Ann. I'm, I specialize in newborn and family photography, and I'm based in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. You have such an amazing portfolio. It's so vibrant and full of joy. And just looking at the images makes me feel something joyful inside, makes me feel happy. So I think that takes a lot of skill. And I really look forward to chatting with you about your journey and how you take photographs. And I am really looking forward to our conversation. But before we start, let's dive into the technical side of things. What camera equipment do you use? Okay, well, first of all, that made my heart so happy. Thank you for saying that. Um, that's like, joy is just like encompasses exactly what I would want a family to feel when they look at their photos. So that made my day. My main camera and the camera that I shoot with is a Canon 5D Mark IV. And... My go-to lenses are like the Canon 85mm 1.2. That's my like dream. I love that lens. That's pretty much what I keep on my camera if I'm shooting uh, family photography. And then I use the 50mm 1.4, the Sigma Art 35mm. Those ones are my newborn go-to lenses. I generally use the 35 when I'm shooting wider angle family from above and then I will use the 50 when I'm shooting poses on the table and then I also have a Canon macro 100 millimeter for those teeny tiny little newborn details and then I shoot studio as well as natural uh, light. And I use the Einstein in studio with a seven foot soft box. And yeah. It's really nice. I like your gear. I like that you have a variety of lenses. And it's so cool that you use a macro lens to take those detailed photos of newborn babies. I think that's so precious, especially for the parents, because then they can look back and see oh, those are like, tiny fingers, tiny toes. It's, it's really adorable. And I think it's a special addition to your photo shoots. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's a lens that a lot of people will go without because you can just like, you know, you can still take close-ups and, and crop them in, but you're not getting the depth out of those details in the same way. And I feel like it's just, it adds more variety to a client's gallery and it also tells the story in a way that when they're looking at it, those details really like bring it all together. 
And so I'm often surprised when a client will choose certain images, but those hands and feet and like the little lips is usually one that they have to have. Yeah, because I think it's unusual and it's also very personal because it's it's their baby, of course. And so having those details is super special to them. And I can understand why they value that. But yeah, it's such a unique exactly. way to approach newborn photography. And it's cool. I think it could maybe inspire one of the listeners also to add the macro lens to their gear, especially if they are in this genre as well. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I mean, obviously, I only use it for like 5 to 10% of my session, but it's one that the parents always pick. And sometimes, you know, like I said, I'm surprised that they they choose this detail of the hands or the feet over this prop that I had spent like all this time planning and setting up. And, you know, if they only choose a certain number amount of images and they go for that macro versus, you know, this like highly set up shot, I'm sometimes surprised, but I also at the same time, like I did that on purpose, I get it. And it creates that, that emotion for them. Absolutely. Let's go back to the beginning. How did you initially get into photography in general? Um, well, I when I was a little kid, my both my parents were doing some sort of amateur photography. I still have an old camera that was my dad's. Um, my mom used to take little pictures of me over by the window and dressed up. And so that was like my first like first, first introduction, but I started shooting when I was 15. Um, my first photography class was in high school and it was still film and dark room. So that probably dates me quite a bit, but I practiced on my younger siblings. And so I come from a big family. I'm the oldest of six kids. And so there was a short time when we lived on a farm as I was getting through high school and um, graduating and my favorite shots were them running through the fields. Um, we would find like old bones in the back of the forest. It had like 16 acres and we would, you know, they'd climb trees, they'd play with the horses. And so those, even though those are like by far not my best images, those are the ones that I still have. And it was such a short time that we lived there. It was a really transitional time for our family as well. And so I just love that those are like my first memories and moments that I created in photography. I absolutely love that. And even though the images that you took at that time may not be technically perfect, you have that association with them, right? You have very good feelings when you look at them. And I think that's such a special part of photography when we take images, especially of our families, our friends, loved ones in general, and we love them regardless of how technically perfect they may be. Yeah, and I think it was just such a time that was, like, it was more pure, right? I didn't worry about all those little pieces and how I was presenting them. They were really just, not only is it that memory and that moment of my siblings and my family at that time and those things that we felt, because living on that farm was such a crazy, fun, wild time that it was also like this time where I didn't overthink my photos and I really have this like association with being creative because a lot of times now, you know, I, I do run a business. So I'm thinking about what the client wants. And this was all about just, I don't know, just being free and and really shooting for like that joy. And now I think. When, once you become an experienced photographer, I'm speaking generally, a lot of people lose that pure feeling because, as you said, you might have a business or you just might be pursuing photography more seriously. And you start to compare subconsciously to your old work or to your new work. And you compare to other people's photographs. You think of how to present your images. All of those things can get a little bit confusing and overwhelming. And how do you deal with that now as a photographer with a business? Um, absolutely. I think that we hear it all the time. Comparison is the thief of joy. And I've experienced that so many times because there is so much beautiful artwork out there. There is, we all see things differently and it's so easy to get caught up in, wow, why didn't I think of that? And I want to do that and I wish I was there or, you know, all those sorts of things. And I feel like 
that has ramped up so much more. You know, like I said, I had started before we really like shared on Instagram and, and all those sorts of things. And that is like a major driving factor in my business in how I get continued business. And so it's one of those areas where I feel like I can't necessarily step away but at the same time, it's so easy. Like you open it up and there's just beautiful imagery everywhere. And to not get lost in that can be quite hard. And so it really is a matter of like training yourself to just put those blinders on and yes, follow other people for the beauty and what they create, but being able to like learn to love what you do and what you offer to the world. And that is so much easier said than done. Yeah. I don't know if that was the answer to the question. (laughs) That was a great answer. I really appreciate your openness. And I know so many photographers struggle with this. So it's completely normal, number one. And number two, there are solutions, as you said. So everyone has their own personal solution, I believe. For some people, it's setting a time limit. For others, it's putting on blinders, as you said. That's a great way of describing it, by the way. I've never heard of that before. And just, yeah, appreciating your own work, which can be super difficult, especially if you're a perfectionist, especially if you're on a business and you want to be successful. Of course, there's a level of competitiveness there, but ultimately you have to love what you do and kind of stay dedicated to your craft as well. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's so easy to look sideways and to look at other people. And I think that building a community with other photographers locally, especially locally, but utilizing this gift that we have of being able to communicate with, you know, like-minded individuals who have a passion for the same sort of thing all over the world and really being able to just embrace that community and not see it as a competition because I feel like, especially in this industry, it is really easy to do that. There is so much in our face all day, every day and doing things like, yes, listening to podcasts and making friends in the community and just, it is really hard. I won't lie. Like there, I, comparison is really a tricky thing. And I think that for us, creative minded people who don't necessarily get into this business first, but creativity first, it's even that much more harder because we are perfectionists to some degree, right? It is personal to us. It's not just business and just recognizing those things and learning to recognize where our struggles lie, I think is also powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Acknowledgement is often the first step and one of the most important steps. So knowing your personal struggles, whatever they may be, is already very empowering if you look at it from that point of view. By the way, you mentioned community. To anyone who's listening, Jody is actually one of our newest ambassadors at photographycourse.net. So I just wanted to welcome you again and point that out because it's very special for all of us. So thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I'm Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to get to know everyone and see what I can offer. And if anyone is listening and wants to interact with Jodi in the community and just see her amazing work, make sure to click on the link in the description to join our community and to ask questions. And it's a very nice place. So you're all welcome to join us. Back to the questions. So if somebody is interested in becoming a newborn photographer, they might feel a bit intimidated because newborn photography is special. You do have to be careful with the subject more so than with a normal adult, let's say a human subject. How can someone become a newborn photographer? So I love this question. And it was also the question I was most nervous about because there is no real requirement, you know, even just in our industry in general, people can just pick up a camera and start shooting and start saying that they're in business. There's not really anything they need to do, but newborns are such a fragile and there are so many components, so many little things with a newborn that there's the safety aspect in regards to like their physiology, but there's also the safety aspect that there are things that can be happening internally that we don't know and we don't necessarily recognize and from that standpoint I mean like I've photographed babies who had like broken collarbones from coming out of the the camp my own daughter 
was had an issue with her kidney that wasn't recognized and she this is kind of a touchy story for me but as I was doing her newborn photography I realized that she was acting lethargic and um, a little bit different than normal and quickly realized that something that wasn't her normal sleepiness and it was because she was ill from this condition and so there's you know and this is her at just less like a week old and one could look at that and be like oh my gosh this baby's so sleepy it's amazing I can do whatever but there are these other pieces that we might not recognize um, as an amateur and so one of the biggest things that is necessary before even getting into opening the business is getting the proper training. And because we live in such a wonderful world now and so much has changed with social media and whatnot, there is the ability to get that training. When I started, there wasn't. There weren't a lot of other newborn photographers. And so safety is just so crucial. There's so much we need to know about like reading them. And so just do your research. There's so much online, whether it's Pinterest, YouTube, there's taking a course, whether it's online or in person, I definitely recommend both online, you can look at over and over and over again. And in person, of course, you can see exactly how the babies are handled, what it is about their bodies that you want to pay attention to and how to read them, get first aid training, and ask specialists in the newborn field. You know, if you have a background in physiotherapy or nursing or all of those things are going to play a huge part. And so if you know people or can get access to someone uh, as a mom, you know, like being able to go. And I obviously like I don't know how it works in other parts of the world, but here we have the ability to, you know, I had midwives, um, our doctors, there are public health nurses that we can take our babies to and we get help with you know, um, nursing and all those sorts of things. So speaking to a lactation consultant, all of that is going to help. And there are specific newborn photographers that do have those backgrounds that also offer those trainings. And so getting training from someone who you can see in their portfolio have been doing this a long time. You can see those little differences in how the baby is positioned. Obviously that they've got safe posing. They're not posing them in glass bowls or they're not contorted so they don't look natural like all of those things are going to really help you to make that difference and be prepared for handling a baby yourself i love this advice thank you for going into detail because yeah i was actually surprised when i heard that because i thought that there was some kind of a barrier before entering newborn photography but since there isn't definitely it's important to do research and definitely it's important to get that experience and Let's say somebody is very new to this and they are afraid to let people know that they're a newborn photographer. How can they start? Because is there a way to practice basically without a newborn baby? Because I know some people use like in fashion photography, they'll use like a mannequin, obviously. But a newborn photography, do you have any solutions for that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can completely, there are dolls that you can purchase that are specific for newborn posing. They're quite expensive. So that's where, you know, taking part in the community can help because there are perhaps someone else that has one that can help you, like have you borrow it, asking other photographers if you can shadow them and really like maybe they don't offer workshops, but they're already in business and they are happy to have you come and watch them do a session I always recommend shadowing other photographers and even like now there's never enough that you can learn right there's always more especially in our field but a personal story for myself was you know when I started doing newborn photography because there wasn't really any understanding or training um, it was <laughs> a very eye-opening experience that that first baby that I held, obviously way too old, was not in the mood to pose. I did not select the right time of day. Like there are all these other little pieces that even just asking your colleagues is, is going to make a huge difference. It's very eye-opening. And so when I was really, really like, that was becoming my bread and butter was like newborn photography. And I was 
really like niching down into that. And I held it very close to my heart that I was like, so proud that I learned this all on my own and I did all the work and I didn't rely on anybody else. But what I realized was I was confining myself and it wasn't a weakness to learn from other people. And so I had already been almost exclusively shooting newborns and obviously also other types of family photography. But that was like my thing was newborns for over five years before I took a workshop with other photographers. And there were so many things that were eye opening. One being like meeting other people in the community, because up to that point, I had thought like this wasn't like it was everyone was very guarded. You know, we didn't share our secrets and learning that that wasn't necessarily the case. And also realizing the things that I was doing well and being proud of that, but also that I had these other areas where I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So I like to hold babies on my lap and I, I really feel like I have a lot of more control sitting on the floor and, and they liked to do everything on top of the beanbag and here's how they positioned and here's where this would differ a little bit better and be, you know, maybe work a little easier and, and whatnot. And here's a little, so it was just like really helpful, not only to see like that I had more to learn and that that wasn't a weakness. It didn't mean I wasn't a good newborn photographer. It didn't mean that I hadn't learned all kinds of things. It meant that I could always benefit and that someone else perhaps knows something that I haven't learned yet. But it also really helped me to see like what I had to offer. We all have something to offer. And this is an area where there's so many details. And so being able to really just dive in and learn as much as possible, I guess, is my point is where I would just like, don't be afraid to just learn everything and to just ask, ask, ask. It's that's wonderful advice. There's a wealth of information, both online and offline. And now more than ever, people are willing to share their knowledge, as you said. And it's amazing because if you just open yourself up, even just learning for a few minutes every single day can make a very big difference in your work. You mentioned workshops. You lead workshops yourself. You are also an educator. Walk me through one of your workshops. What do they look like? I love to let the students tell me what they need. So I really customize mentoring. So when I do one-on-one, one-on-two mentoring to what they want to learn, I'm really an open book. And so I love doing one-on-one. I want everyone to walk away like finding a new friend and a sounding board and a colleague in this field and to just like really feel like you got it. And it's not a mystery anymore. And so, especially in a workshop environment, because there's multiple photographers, sometimes it can feel like, you know, maybe apprehensive to ask a question because, oh my gosh, like what if everyone else already knows this or things like that? Like I try to think about what it was that I felt when I was learning new things and really make it just a relaxed environment so that nothing is off the table. But for basics, in a setting where there's multiple people learning, I'll cover my whole workflow. So the posing workflow that I go through, my editing workflow, how I talk my clients through a session from start to finish. And I'm going to go through editing. I don't know if I already said that, but like all the little feelings and movements I make to fine tune the poses and lighting. Lighting is so important with newborn photography because creating those places where you want to have the shading and the shadows is going to make or break your image. If you're lighting up the baby's nose, obviously, like you're like lighting up their nostrils and that's not creating this kind of like, you know, the depth that you want to see. You want to see the light falling down their face and where it's like lighting the little tips of their fingers and that sort of thing. So I really want to make sure that those technical pieces are understood, but moreover, like the safety and how the babies are going to feel in your hands. So I am very detail oriented at a workshop, just pointing out like all those little things, because I feel like sometimes that can, it's such a minute movement when you're doing newborn 
like posed portraiture that can make or break that pose, right? And so sometimes you could be doing a pose for years and be like, why why am I just still not like it just looks the baby doesn't look comfortable. They just look off. And sometimes it's just like a micro adjustment of the baby or the, the posing props underneath. Absolutely. I think, yeah, being in an environment where an experienced photographer can show you these tricks, these things that wouldn't come to mind as a beginner is super helpful. And I'm really happy that you offer these workshops and that you give photographers the opportunity to learn from you. And I think it's exciting for you as well as an educator, right? You're connecting with people and networking and I think most importantly seeing your hard work reflected in their lives and seeing your knowledge being used in their lives for you know, something positive like building their own business I think that's very fulfilling and gratifying yeah that's the best thing ever so you were initially a newborn photographer and now you've expanded your business and you specialize also in family photography and children photography, those are very different to what to newborn photography, of course. What was it like to expand your business and try out different genres? Well, I actually started my business in weddings, and I knew that I wanted to focus on a genre that would coincide with having a family point. And for me, that meant not working, like not building my business to the point where I was working every weekend, um, especially like at the time I wasn't married. And I'm like, well, what if I you know, my husband works nine to five. Like I just really wanted families, just my jam. And so I really wanted to make sure that I chose a career path that was going to allow me to really relate to my clients. And so for me, that meant moving towards families and newborns. And so that's kind of how it went. And for me, like, maternity, kids, newborn, and even sometimes weddings still, they're all a form of families. And so that's where my heart is. And, you know, by weddings still, I mean, obviously all weddings are a part of family, but for me, I only like shoot them when people like ask me. And just because I, that's not where I put my specialty, but I still love photographing couples because I, they do what I want. So, like, if I'm given the opportunity to, like, do it, I will, but I don't promote it. But, like, anything all family is what I want to do. And so I really chose to, like, focus on that. I mean, for me, maternity is still a family session, right? So it's, like, maternity because a lot of times they've got siblings and so maternity, family, and newborn just kind of all go hand in hand. While they are very different, having make the connection with people when they like begin their family it just really builds a relationship with them and for that i have some clients that i've known for like 15 years and i've done their maternity their newborn their you know their updated family photos um i have some clients where you know i started when their kids were very little and i've done their kids graduation photos and their dress and just like you know to me that's just so special so being able to offer to people just that like that narrative family is kind of everything and so knowing that when I'm talking to them at their newborn session I'm making comments that talk about like when they do their their family photos in a couple years or things like that and letting them know that that's something that I can give to them obviously doing your research in not just that one niche I do think that everybody should have a niche and niche down but I also think that it's such a good business decision to be able to offer family photos when you do newborn photography. And everyone's different. Some people just only want to do cake smashes, only want to do maternity and only want to, you know, and they're able to build that business so successfully in that one area. But for me, being able to continue to build upon that was really important to continue to have that connection because then I, that's my marketing, right? They're also sharing those photos with their loved ones and their friends and on Facebook. And that's bringing in my new clientele. And so doing workshops as well for family and, and those other areas that you want to specialize. I really like that you're so confident in your approach and you found something that works really well for you. And again, that's so important for beginners, especially who don't know where to start. Your advice I think is very helpful. Your website states that you work with your clients to learn their style, personality, and vision. How do you usually approach this? As in, are there any spreadsheet, spreadsheet ideas you'd recommend to photographers? 
And is there anything else you do to really connect with your clients in a more personal way? Yeah, so I really try to be relaxed. I try to keep things very simple in the way that I communicate with them, especially when they are pregnant, because it is very easy <laughs> when you're hormonal and you have mom brain and pregnancy brain. Um, if I'm, if you're booking, you know, seven months before your baby's born, you're not going to remember what I said on, you know, the day you booked. So having that continued, you know, conversation with them and reminding them about the things that will be happening and upcoming and really just helping to educate them is one piece. But I, I love learning people's stories. That's what we're documenting. It's a piece of that. And so while I use the same games and prompts and poses at sessions, you know, I keep that very similar because you don't want to have like a million things. And I'm so good at that. I'm like, I've got like 300 ideas and you've got this hour session and you're not going to get through them all. And then I'll get frazzled because I'm like, I have too many ideas. So really just keeping that workflow similar, but I learn about them and their connection and what things are important to them. So everyone gets a questionnaire at the beginning when they book and that covers what is special about their connection, right? So what's the perfect photograph to them? I asked that question. Have they ever had another photographer experience? What was it like? What did they like and not like? I asked people to be pretty detailed and some people will be like, yeah, it was good. And other people share a little tidbit that helps me to know what it was about that experience and their style that they liked or didn't like. Things they'll say, you know, I really feel awkward in front of the camera or um, we really just we want that perfect smiling at the photo camera. A lot of times the word people use is joy. We just want to show joy. I asked them if they could if their kids are going to see these photos in 30 years, what is it they want them to see in them? And those are kind of vague questions, but they really help me to understand who the people are. And then I ask the questions of like, what type of location are you interested in? Do you need help with your outfit and your styling? And that one is kind of like a multiple choice question. Like you've got it all figured out. You might need some direction. Tell me what to wear. All those sorts of things. Um, when it comes to newborns, I ask if there's any colors in their nursery or their home that they want to see implemented or if they just want me to do my thing. So there's so much that kind of like goes into the prep before. And I have a workflow of emails that go to them throughout the pro planning process to really help us to become more friendly and for them to feel relaxed and yeah I love that I like that you ask them if they've ever worked with another photographer and it shows that you genuinely care about them and you want them to have the best possible experience and I think that alone can put clients at ease because clients are typically not professional models and so it is kind of daunting I think to stand or to sit in front of the camera or to have your children even do that so yeah it's it's wonderful that you have that experience and that you again are sharing your experience openly with, with me and the listeners so thank you very much for that oh no problem photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses articles video tutorials editing resources and much more we have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did, and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. You're very busy. You are a mom of four, and you're also a professional photographer. How do you find balance in your life? What's balance? <laughs> um... I mean, I'd be full out lying if I said I have the secret to balance. I think balance is more like a like a swinging pendulum, <laughs> you know, 
those moments are kind of more fleeting than I'd like to admit, but they kind of just, I like to believe that being an entrepreneur has like ebbs and flows always, right? And so some moments are more chaotic than others, but then we can have a proper system in place during those moments. You know, we know that like as photographers, we're going to be super busy come September and October um, because everyone's like, oh my gosh, I got to get my Christmas card photos and I've got to like, you know, school's going back in and I've got to, you know, I got to get in before the fall colors are gone and, and, and that sort of thing. And so I know when my busy like times are going to be because not only am I doing newborn photography, I'm also doing outdoor families at that time. So I'm doing more shoots than normal. So I know that I can have like a proper system in place. So I'm more prepared. You know, you can't, you can't necessarily prepare for everything, especially with children, because what if they get sick? And, you know, I do have a household that has a lot of like neurodivergent children. And so we have a lot of appointments and things like that going on. And children are chaos but (laughs) having that solid system and workflow is really everything because it's so easy to get off track and to get distracted and to go overboard too as you know perfectionists a lot of the time in creativity so I use a studio software mine I mean I've been through so many through the years but the one I'm currently using is called Sprout Studio it is Canadian based but they are like all over the world And they have everything in one. Um, And it's created by a photographer. And he's a very successful photographer. So that's what I love is that, you know, they know what's needed. And so I felt like it was really the system that has been the most all-encompassing for me. Some things have taken me longer to implement than others, but it creates workflows for you automatically. It automates my emails. It can do email marketing. Um, I can put my album designs up there instead of relying on someone that of outsourcing it. I It has like a client portal. So my client can go in and they can like see their gallery, see their invoices. Everything is there. So if they ask me things, I can be like, just go to your client portal. I can upload documents and links. So I have links to the client welcome guide, which is another way that I prepare my client with what to expect and what to wear and what to bring and but all of those things can be on there I have Pinterest boards that I'll send clients to for inspiration so I'll link them in their portal and it syncs with my family's calendar I can do my invoicing and bookkeeping online ordering it's everything and so that's kind of been the best way at mastering balance if you can call it mastering, is just like having a system, whatever that is for you. I still do like paper lists all the time, (laughs) that sort of thing too, but I just feel like that's the biggest thing I could suggest. And then like I've been better at mastering another form of time management is just kind of knowing when to shut down. So I can be really good at like getting started and then I'm in my flow and then I won't stop. I'll just keep editing till 3 a.m., you know, and then I'm a zombie for my family the next day. So doing a little less each day, knowing when to stop, having a timer and making sure my kids know when my work times are. And so I kind of talk to them each day of like, okay, today mommy has to do work, you know, and I, I have like, um, I have a two-year-old, so I have like one day a week, which is a daycare week, like a, and that's the day that I do all my work, you know, and, and grandma comes, you know, every other week. And on that day, it's called grandma day. And that's when my kids are with her. And so just like little things like that and making sure that I have my own personal hobbies and time off and that my only hobby isn't just photography. It's, you know, even just going to the chiropractor, just doing something for me, but having, you know, that exercise time or whatnot. I love your system. And I love that it's imperfect because it shows that you can still have that kind of balance in your life and still love what you do and still be there for your family. It does not need to be absolutely perfect. I think it's impossible to attain perfection in this life in general. And so, again, it's it's great that you have this system. And I hope that your experience inspires one of the listeners to maybe change something in their lifestyle Yes. Uh, by the way, I also find it very difficult to stop when I'm editing, and then I get really exhausted, and I ask myself the next day, "What was the next day? Why in the world I was uh, editing for so long?" Yeah, <laughs> it's really difficult to stop. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. But you made yeah. such a good point about photography not being your only hobby, because when it's your profession, or when you are somehow 
related to photography in your profession, then it can get really difficult to create balance because that's all you're thinking about all day. And even if it's a passion, it can get overwhelming if you're constantly exposed to it. So it's really healthy, I think, to have other things in your life that you just do for fun. They don't earn you any money, but they just make you feel good and refreshed. Yeah. And I mean, I think like just like setting our expectations and knowing that everything's not set in stone, right? Like we can always adjust. I would be really rigid before and being like, okay, I've made my schedule. And then when I didn't keep to that schedule, I'd be really hard on myself about it. And so just knowing like every day is different, right? Especially if you have, you know, kids and, or like another job or things like that, like life is not meant to be one way. And so just like, yeah, realizing like, you can adjust. And I think when you do photography specifically in a style like like in portraiture, where you are working for your clients and what they want, it's easy to get in this mode of like not feeling creative. And so being able to, yeah, again, like step away so that you can do other things that allow you to like fill your cup. Absolutely. And I like that you were open about this as well, because I think some people are hesitant to say that it can get overwhelming or that you can reach burnout, but it's the truth. And so in order to be the best version of yourself for everybody around you, including your clients, you do need to have that balance. And it's a very good advice. I think everybody should follow that for sure, regardless of what they specialize in. Yeah, so, totally. It's easy to get lost in it. <laughs> definitely. I'm sure everybody who's listening can relate. What are the biggest business mistakes that photographers make in newborn photography? Oh, okay. Well, I've probably made most of them, <laughs> but I'll try to keep it to just a few. I think that, you know, I kind of mentioned it earlier. Most photographers start doing photography for creative reasons and not necessarily business first. And so a lot of times we do things backwards. And so I'm not going to tell anybody to make sure that they have like a business plan or whatnot, um, because I definitely didn't do that properly, but it is helpful. (laughs) But those things also change, right? Like I changed what I wanted to shoot, you know, and I've shot everything from landscape to inside homes and like just finding your, your thing that drives you is, is gonna, I think maybe possibly change. So what I would focus on first is like if you don't know your market right and so even though things might shift being able to kind of hone in on who your clients are as a business and who you're talking to and the biggest thing is not pricing correctly so often we think we devalue ourselves and because again like this industry is very like it's not standardized you can charge whatever you want you can build your business however you want you can shoot whatever you want but when you're charging too little you're devaluing yourself your time is money you know especially if you're stepping away from things that you love or stepping away from your family that costs something and so not pricing yourself correctly is doing you a disservice to obviously yourself and your value, but also being able to properly build that business at a rate that is going to really help you to grow. So there are so many, like, I won't obviously like carry on too much about like all the places you can go, but there are lots of places where you can figure out pricing. Google is your friend, but only offering files, you know, and not having artwork to offer I like to educate clients that I'm a full service. There's so much more feeling when you're offering them something tangible in their hands instead of just locking away a USB in a drawer or loading something on your computer and never looking at it again. Again, I offer everything to my clients because if that's what they want, that's what they want. And I still want to give them that experience and be able to be the one that's given them those memories for the next, you know, generations to come. But at the same time, I really want to educate them and offer that artwork and offer something tangible and educate them on that. Because when we don't do that, 
I mean, I've had clients that have come back like five years later and they're like, oh my gosh, I lost my baby photos and I don't know where they are. And da, 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 da. I'm like, well, did you never like print them over five years? Or, you know, like I just, it's so crucial to be able to do that. And then um, not having insurance. So having liability insurance, that's a big one. You should definitely have insurance from the beginning. In newborn photography, specifically overspending on props, there were years where I spent like 15 grand on props. And I was like, that was literally my profit. And I felt like I had to have, you know, because I'd, I maybe I did myself a disservice because I had asked people in the questionnaire, like, what was it about my style that you liked? And I still ask that question, but I used to get all the time, oh my gosh, your props are like amazing and da da da. And so I felt like I had to have every single thing that came out. If I saw another photographer had it, I had to have it. And it was eating everything that I made. And so clients, and then I would never post those photos because I was just too busy. And so I'm like, okay, having just, yes, like nice things, but they don't, you don't have to have a studio full mine I have whittled everything down everything is a lot more minimal and just make sure that your funds are going to the right place do your research have a marketing plan get your training safety is so important and yeah such valuable and precious information thank you very much and you can only discover this once you make the mistakes yourself right so it's always painful to experience certain situations in which you don't know the solution to that problem. But once you're on the other side, I think you are much stronger and much more experienced as a photographer, right? So that is definitely a confidence booster. And once again, I keep saying this, but I really appreciate that you are so open about sharing your knowledge with everyone and especially sharing the struggles you've been through and the solutions you found to the problems that you faced. Of course, because I feel like if I can alleviate some of the pain that I felt. I mean, sometimes we really need to learn the hard way. That's the only way we learn. But at the same time, if we can avoid making some of the pitfalls that set you back, I just feel like that's invaluable. And I think it's another area where we can really look sideways and compare ourselves to other people, especially when we see these beautiful studios. That one's always really hard for me. I remind myself of those mistakes that I made when finances have been tough, when, you know, I had to, or when I've resold props and they didn't have the same value, like things like that. I just really realized like, no, I don't, because so many times I like buy stuff and then I'd never use it. I have lenses I've like never used. And a lot of times, yeah, we have to learn that that isn't working for us, but being wise with our uh, revenue I think is really important for our growth because then there's going to be opportunities you're going to maybe miss out on because you couldn't travel or you couldn't go to that seminar or um, and just really realizing which pieces are the most important for you to invest in right now. There will be a time when you will have more. You don't need everything right off the bat, I guess. I really like that. Yeah, definitely. This isn't always the case but often we're compelled to buy something or to upgrade our equipment when we compare ourselves to others and we see what they have not always of course there are exceptions but in my experience personally yes i've also had similar experiences as you looking sideways as we mentioned earlier seeing someone succeeding or producing these amazing photographs and kind of feeling envious inside and instantly wanting the same thing that they have and it can create a lot of unnecessary problems and then regret down the line. Well, and we live in this age of like where everything's shoved in our face. Bye, 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 bye. Instant gratification. You need it now. You, you know, don't wait. And that's one thing that I do teach in the workshops as well is being able to use simple things because newborn photography has blown up so much that there are all these like, and they're wonderful. And I have some for sure, but there's so many different posing props and so many different vendors. And some of these can be very, very expensive. And while I love upgrading and using the things that I now have, there are other things that I've stuck to. Like I have toddler socks 
if I need a little bit of extra lift with a baby. I've just kept all my boys like two-year-old socks and that's what I use and rolled up receiving blankets or, you know, things that don't cost you anything can be used as well and can be used safely. So just really teaching people that you don't have to have the best of the best on day one. You know, there will be a time when you can do that, where you can have that, but there are other options for you and there are other ways to safely photograph newborns without having like, I don't know, this crazy wrap. I love that. Okay. I really like what you said about props and for sure. Yeah. If you invest in the right things, then it will pay off. But of course, if you're just starting out, even if you just, if you have experience already, even having that experience may not be enough for you to know what is right and isn't right. So I think it's also important to make mistakes and to forgive yourself when you do make those impulse, impulsive decisions or buy something impulsively, but it's definitely important to learn from your mistakes. Mm. I want to talk a little bit about your other photography genres. So you take photos of children and your own children as well. Taking photos of children, I think is very different to taking photos of newborns because children tend to be more active and you have to give them guidelines and you have to worry about taking sharp photos of them because they're moving around. What tips would you give to people who are in the children's photography genre? So I definitely have different ages that are my favorite and some that are less <laughs> my favorite when they're that stage when they are between like 12 months and two and a half years. Those can be tricky. Um, because they have a mind of their own. They just want to run away. They don't necessarily listen to bribes or fart jokes or that sort of thing. And their time is very limited. So really preparing your clients ahead of time and really educating the parents, I think, is um, important. But something that I really is like imperative is getting on the child's level. So when I see them, either I crouch down with them, if they're still in their car seat, I go over, I say hi, I say their name, I, you know, I really engage with them and not just talk to their parents. And that right away lets me to see what they're like. How shy are they? Will they look at me? Are they, how, how are they right off the bat? And just really giving them time to warm up. I know, like, I'm not a huge fan of mini sessions with kids because Sometimes my best photographs are at the end of the session and they've already had their like, I'm kind of done, but then we play and then those are the photos the parents pick, you know, I always overshoot. That's the other thing I overshoot. And then if I need to swap ahead, I do, but I really give them that time to warm up and know what they like. So in the questionnaire, I ask about their kids, who am I photographing? What are their ages? What do they like? What are they into right now? If they book me and their session's not for like six months, I'm going to ask them again later on, you know, because their kids could have changed a little bit, especially if they're toddlers. So are there specific songs that they like certain TV shows? If they love Coco Melon, like, you know, obviously I have a two-year-old, so I know a lot of those songs, but like knowing some of the things, like even if I only have to sing the same one line over and over again, that's all I know, you know? Sometimes it only takes a split second to have some weird thing that catches their attention and they look over at you. And I prep the parents to like, I'll just say things like, I just love those serious faces or those stolen moments. Not every photo of a child has to be them smiling at the camera. And so I try to make sure that I show that beforehand. So when somebody books me, they know they're not just getting a smiling at the photo camera. They might be getting where they're playing with something and I'm getting their eyelashes or, you know, that sort of thing. Having games for their ages and jokes. So I have like dad jokes. I usually, I'm horrible at like remembering things. So I will put little dad joke cards in my bag. I have like one joke that I remember all the time and some kids get it and some don't. A lot of parents will just like stand behind you. And sometimes I want them to stand behind me, right? And just like be goofy. And But other times it's really hard for the kid to focus on what I'm saying and what I'm doing. So if I can take them a few minutes, I will do that. I am very crazy. My Apple Watch will go off all the time, like warning me that like 30 minutes at this decibel level will make me go deaf because I will just be like cuckoo. So I have games that I do for different ages that might be like 
doing an airplane where they're on daddy's, you know, shoulders. And that might not be the pictures that end up being amazing, but it's relaxed the kids again, having them dip, uh, drawing on mom's face with their nose, hold them in like a burrito, holding mom's hand, roll like a banana or like you know, peeling like a banana, like just little things, lots of different little games. I like that you're so involved that you don't just want to take photos of them smiling, although smiling photos are always nice. I think, yeah, it's definitely also nice for many parents to have candid photos of their children. And the fact that you put yourself out there and you go all crazy, as you said, I think that's super important and for the kids to feel relaxed and more comfortable. And I think it's also, I mean, as difficult as it is, I think it's nice to kind of let loose and have fun and take photos in a different way because you wouldn't be able to do that with adults of course so I think it's uh, puts you on a different level (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then actually one more thing that I do I know I talk too much is I try not to call the parents by their names too much I actually like will say you are mom and dad and that's what your kids know you as and that's what I'm going to call you I just try to be like as relaxed as possible for everyone so you know I say mommy and daddy a lot when I ask mommy and daddy to move, I say mommy and daddy, and I feel like that might be in my head, but I feel like that helps a little bit too. It definitely helps. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine being a child and being photographed. I would not feel comfortable if this person that I wasn't familiar with called my parents by their names. <laughs> it would be unusual. So it would be much more comforting even to hear them saying just mom and dad, because it would feel like they're a friend, like family friend or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking that I really want them to think that I'm a friend and they can let their guard down. I do bribe them. I also have a treasure chest and it's literally like toys I've collected from my own kids, like McDonald's toys or, you know, little things that I'll steal stuff out of their boxes all the time. And then I also grab um, suckers and, and fun, like, you know, ring pops and things like that, that I'll put in the box. And I try not to mention it until I have to. I will be like, oh my gosh, I have a little secret for you. Did I tell you that I have a treasure chest? And at the end, we're going to do this. And I also have squeakers. I have a thing that goes on my camera. Like I literally have like a million things that I just have in my arsenal. And I just try to pull them out when I have to. I know I really just like go overboard, but I have little tiny toys too. Like I'm talking like, like the tiniest of toys. So that if I'm losing a kid and I'm like, oh, I still need to do like mom and son together or whatnot, I will pull out my next little thing and be like, hey, look at my tiny little dinosaur here. And he's like so shy. Can you like hide him in your hand? And that I'll put him in the hand that goes like around mom's arm so we don't see it. It doesn't always work. Sometimes it's in the photo, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just one more thing that I like pull out if I need to. I love that so much. I can picture it very clearly, just the whole process of taking these kinds of photos. And you're so creative. I love that you have this treasure chest. And I'm sure it keeps the children engaged. Not always, of course, as you said. But again, I'm imagining myself as a child. I used to love tiny toys. So I think I would have been delighted if somebody showed me a treasure chest full of tiny toys. Well, and often parents are bribing their kids, right? But the problem, and it is a good thing if it works but at the same time and it is really helpful to tell the parents don't mention it at the beginning right because they're not going to make it to the end they'll be like i already took a photo why am i not getting my prize i'm done i'm out of here so that's why i love having the treasure chest too because oftentimes when everyone's like remember we're gonna get we're gonna go get ice cream we're gonna go get ice cream and i'm like okay they're not buying that excuse anymore that one's over we've got to you know bring out some new type of thing to engage them again and yeah definitely no i love that so much what tips would you give to photographers who work with studio lights and to photographers who work with natural light well i guess the biggest thing is that they're not complicated. Don't overcomplicate it. I mean, like it can be really simple. You don't need to know everything, but you should be able to master what you're shooting and know how to shoot in different lighting situations. So definitely like do the research, but don't, you don't have to literally like, you know, 
dive into every single possible scenario. I shoot at specific times of the day when I'm doing natural light because that's when I know I have the best control. If that situation were to change and I was in like direct sunlight in the middle of the day, especially if you're shooting weddings, you can't avoid that. You don't get to be the one to pick when you're shooting. Then obviously like I would need to be prepared to be able to shoot in that. So definitely like learn what you need to learn. But I love to have that control, right? And so when I'm doing my family sessions, I shoot at a specific time of day. My favorite is that golden hour, which is a couple hours before sunset, an hour before sunset. And that can be tricky here because we live in a place where sunset is very late in the summer. And so I do have to adjust that at times for the little, little kiddos. But because of that, I have taken a lot of training in shooting backlit because I want that golden sunlight behind them. And so understanding how to light for the background as well as your client um, is important. I think that being able to know your camera settings in regards to being able to shoot in those different scenarios, whether it's in the shade or whatnot, because when you're shooting with kids, you need to be able to adjust those quickly. So making sure that you understand your camera settings and the difference between what ISO you need to be at when you're shooting in uh, when the sun's going down or what shutter speed you want to be at when a kid is being, you know, running around super fast, yet you want to be wide open to get that beautiful blur in the background. Learning those things is going to be crucial. If you're shooting newborn portraiture, like pose style, that is something you, I love doing studio light for that only. I originally started in natural light. And again, if you're shooting natural light, you're shooting at a specific time of day. Obviously, you shoot in the evening if you're shooting natural with a newborn. So making sure that your placement next to a decent sized window you don't want to that's why i don't shoot in clients homes i shoot in my own home because i have that control of where the light is going to be um, and for studio light keeping it super simple specifically to newborns i will have the one light source i will close off the light everywhere else there are no overhead lights i don't want to mess with the temperature at all. And my settings generally will always stay the same for each specific scenario. I am curious to know, where can people find you online if they want to see more of your work? I'm everywhere, but <laughs> my website is jackphotography.ca, J-A-C, photography.ca. And then I'm on Instagram at jack underscore photography, again, J-A-C. And then, I mean, same for Pinterest. I'm on Pinterest. I'll try to load little tips and stuff on there. And then I'm also on Facebook, of course. I don't do TikTok. <laughs> that's the one I will always avoid I get lost enough in those other ones but I'm always available I like that okay so I'll share all the links to Jody's work in the description make sure to take a look at her incredible images and be inspired by them Jody, I have one more question for you and that is what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world I feel like that changes all the time but I would really love to do travel sessions or mentoring all over the world. I'd really love to photograph other places of the world. And I love having people in my photos. So just being able to place people in, in these landscapes that I don't generally get to be around. And just I'd love to keep trying new genres and just really keep learning. Like there's so much to learn even after 20 plus years in the industry. And like I love to shadow other photographers and just have more meetups and community and, and just like, I don't know, do like some crazy editorial fashion shoot. And oh my gosh, there's just so many things. I'd love to like do a book and uh, I'd love to have a commercial community space where uh, photographers can come and, and have a studio if that's not something that's 
you know, generally available to them because that's something that's been tricky for me over the years. Just all the things. That's a great answer. All the things. <laughs> but I would say that learning from other photographers, regardless of the fact that you are so experienced already with 20 years of experience, as you said, I mean, that's a, that's a strong amount of experience. I mean, it's very impressive to have that many years behind you, you know, as a photographer. Regardless, you still pursue knowledge. And I think it's so important to be an avid learner, to always be open to learning, no matter how much experience you have, because that's what's going to help you find that success over and over again. So thank you very much for sharing your journey with us. I really enjoyed listening to you and learning from you. And I wish you the very best with your journey. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It has been an absolute pleasure. I love talking all things photography, and I could literally talk forever about it. So please feel free to anyone can reach out to me anytime. Thank you so much, Jody. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I learned a lot from Jody. I know nothing about newborn photography, so this was a very eye-opening episode for me, and I hope it was for you as well. If you have any questions for Jody, or if you just want to share your thoughts on these episodes with us, you're more than welcome to do so. Please join our community by clicking on the link in the description. We're always so happy to hear from our podcast listeners, and we look forward to having you join the community. Thank you once again, and I'll see you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.